0: The text that calls for our attention this Lord's Day comes to us from our Gospel reading for today from John chapter 4 and especially these two verses. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I give him will never be thirsty forever. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Most words in the English language have one thing in common. Their meaning is always changing, at least a little. Now some words, their meaning changes quite a lot. The word thirsty, for instance, used to simply refer to someone who needed a drink water, And of course, it's still used that way in many settings. But among the younger crowd, the word thirsty is used in a whole different way. The word thirsty is used by them to describe someone who is acting very desperate in their estimation. Most often among younger people, it's used in the context of someone who's trying a little too hard to get the attention of someone they find attractive. But really, the youth can use it to speak of anyone who's acting rather desperate in regards to anything. Such a person, they say, is thirsty. Our gospel reading for today has a lot to do with being thirsty. It no doubt deals with being literally thirsty, since the heart of our text is a conversation that Jesus has with a Samaritan woman around a watering well. But it also has to deal with people being thirsty in a less than literal sense. For as Jesus has this conversation with the woman, he exposes in this woman a sense that she is truly thirsty, even if she does not want to admit it right away. He shows that indeed there is often a type of thirst in people that remains hidden. But blessedly, Jesus does not engage in this conversation with this woman simply to expose her desperate way, but instead to offer the one and only remedy for it. But as I said, our text begins with talk about literal thirst. Jesus approaches a Samaritan woman standing by the well and asks for a drink. Jesus had been traveling, and he was weary and thirsty. He goes over and asks this woman for just one drink. To say that Jesus was stepping outside of the cultural norms of his day would be an understatement. For as our text says, Jews did not just strike up casual conversations with Samaritans. And we can add to that that men did not have one-on-one conversations with women who were not their spouses. But in this case, Jesus walked right through all of those boundaries in order that he might have this important conversation with this woman. He did it in order that he might expose that she was thirsty, whether she knew it or not, or whether she wanted to admit it or not. But again, at first, they began simply talking about literal thirst. Being exhausted from his travels, Jesus asked that woman for that drink. The Samaritan woman was astonished at what Jesus was doing because he broke so many of those cultural boundaries. She could not believe that Jesus had just walked over and asked her for a drink. But once she expressed this idea that she was taken aback by his simple request, Jesus then began to turn this conversation in a whole different direction. He told that woman, if you knew who I was, you would have asked me for a drink, and I would have given you living water. Now this woman still thought Jesus was just talking about H2O, about water. She questioned his offer, especially since he didn't even have a way to get water out of that well that they were standing by. I mean, if this Jesus thought somehow he could get that living, running water at the bottom of the well without any implement to do so, well, he must have thought he was really something. So she began to ask him who he thought he was. She told them that Jacob, their father, had provided them that well that they were standing next to. And if Jesus thought he could give some sort of living water without even taking the time to dig a well, well, then he must really think he was something. And in reality, he did, because he was. So he told this woman, not only could he get the water, but the water that he would give would cure thirst once and for all. Now, if that didn't sound like the pitch of a snake oil salesman, I'm not sure what would have. Water that could cure thirst once and for all. But yet this woman decided to ask for a drink. Whether she did it out of hope that he actually had it, or whether she did it to call his bluff, he still asked. Either way, Jesus then did what almost anyone would tell you you should never do, especially in public. Jesus began to expose the mess of this woman's life in order to make her thirsty for that water that he offered. Oh, to be sure, her life was spiritually dehydrated. But like many people often do in regards to physical dehydration, She did not recognize that she was dehydrated or at least wanted to act as if all was fine. But Jesus exposed just how much she needed the water he offered. He pointed out to her that her life had been a succession of failed marriages and that she was currently living in sin with a man who was not her husband. Not surprisingly, I suppose, she doesn't seem to want to talk about that anymore in our text. But she was amazed that this Jesus knew so much about her when he had never met her before. She became convinced that there was something about this Jesus. And so she decided to engage this teacher in one of the hottest topics among Jews and Samaritans in their day. Where was it that God wanted his people to worship? Well, Jesus answered her questions by telling her that that old age or that long debate was about to be silenced forever. When the Messiah arrived, he said, the location of worship would no longer be prescribed. All who worshiped in spirit and in truth would be received. And that's when he dropped the most important thing he told her in the whole conversation. He was that Messiah. Messiah. He was that one that would come and change everything. And with that revelation, Jesus was pouring out that very living water that he had offered to her earlier in the conversation. Yes, if she would only believe, her thirst could be satisfied. Her dehydrated way of life would be saturated with his grace and with his mercy. She would never thirst again. Do you know how many people around you are spiritually dehydrated? Oh, they may not be acting thirsty, as the kids would use the word, showing their desperation to everyone around, but they are dreadfully dry. Oh, you might even know a few people whose situation has gotten so dire that they can't even hide it anymore. It's evident that they're falling apart from the inside out. But here's the truth in general. Everyone who is not drinking of the living water that Jesus offers is critically dehydrated. You know, we often allow other people's Oscar-worthy performances of being okay to make us feel better about not offering them the living water they need. Even with some people, we know some of the mess is going on in their life, But we figure if they're willing to ignore it around us, we'll oblige and do the same. After all, it's much easier that way. After all, we know how it is to play the other side of the game. We know how it is to hide our messes. We know how it is to try to put on some lipstick or a nice shirt and act like everything in our families is just fine, too. And quite frankly, those people who expose that that's a lie, especially if they do it publicly, we often don't keep them around as close friends very long. But you see, Jesus simply will not play our games. He knows that the situation is too dire to do so. He knows that spiritual thirst leads to spiritual death if it is not quenched. And so, with a few words of scripture, or perhaps a few questions of a brother or sister in Christ, God seeks to make clear to us just how thirsty we are. He doesn't do it to embarrass us. He does it to make us thirsty. He has living water that he wants us to drink, and he wants us to drink it because it's the only cure, ultimately, for all that is so wrong. You see, before God, it is good to be thirsty. It's good to admit how desperate we are in and of ourselves. It's fine to admit before him that our marriages are rocky at times, that our kids tear our hearts apart with the choices they make or with the troubles they are enduring, that we're often lonely and bitter because the world has promised everything and delivered so very little. We ought also, as we're doing this work with ourselves, seek to do it with others as well. With every bit of love and gentleness that we can muster, we should help those we know to be able to admit the same before God. While they may think we gather here in church because we have ourselves all put together, we need to assure them that we gather here at church because we're thirsty, Because we need that living water. We need Jesus to saturate our souls with his grace and mercy week after week because we sin week after week. We need to help them be real with themselves, that they might be real before God. That Jesus might then pour out upon them his living water. Yes, if you truly want to know the state of our lives You simply only need to look to the cross of Christ. For if you want to know how pretty our lives are, you look at his flesh upon the cross, and there you will see just how bad the condition was. For he took our messes into his very flesh, with each punch, with each whip. Yes, he took upon himself our messes, and cried out, I thirst. If you do not allow your messes to be exposed before God, you'll keep them. You will keep them and you will dry out and you will die. But if you instead allow the word of God to let you stand before him, exposed with all of your messes, well then you will have life. You will have everything you need. You will have that living water that quenches thirst forever. Yes, you will have that living water that is the cure for what is wrong. Yes, indeed, this Jesus was greater than the father Jacob. For Jacob was able to provide those people with a well that would provide water, to quench their physical thirst for a moment But Jesus, through his work, has provided living water for all who will believe. He has provided this water, which will spring up in us all the way into eternal life. So I ask you today, are you thirsty? Well, you should be. Don't try to hide your dehydration from yourself or from God. Before God, be just as desperate as you truly are, for he wishes to pour out living water upon you. Amen.